0: God has been good, has he not? Yeah. And I like that last line, and the best is yet to come. That's good. That's really good. Thank you, Brant, for putting that together. That was uh, well done. Um, Who do you know personally that has what I'd call a stubborn peace? And here's what I mean by that. No matter what's going on around them, Uh, They just have a serenity about them, a holy calmness. And when there's a storm, trouble, anxiety, anger all around, they just have this uh, calm, uh, peaceful demeanor, no matter what the situation is going on around them. Um, Max Lucado writes in The Applause of Heaven. He writes about a priest who's visiting a man who's near death in the hospital. And the priest noticed an empty chair right beside the man's bed. So he asked him if someone else had been there to visit, and the old man smiled and said, well, I put Jesus in that chair and I talked to him. The priest was puzzled, so the man explained, well, years ago, a friend told me that prayer is really just as simple as having a talk with a good friend. So every day I pull up the chair and Jesus and I have have a nice talk. Um, a few days later, the daughter informed the priest that her father had died. And she explained that when she came into his room, she found him dead, but strangely his head wasn't resting on his pillow. Uh, she explains that his head was resting on the empty chair beside his bed. I would argue this man had found the secret of stubborn peace, holy calmness that guards our hearts and our minds, even on our worst days, even even on the worst days. Now, the Jews in the Old Testament were hungry for that kind of peace. Peace. Uh, They were looking for someone who would come and open the door to peace, or they used the word shalom, still use it. Uh, They were looking for the giver of shalom. The prophet Isaiah wrote about the one who was coming. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. What's the last one, do you know? The Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. The prophet Micah also wrote about this peace giver. 700 years before Jesus was born in a barn in Bethlehem, Micah was inspired to write down some specific words about the one who was coming, okay? So Micah, 700 years before Jesus entered humanity, talked about the one who would open the door of peace to the entire world. Locate with me uh, on your phone, in your Bibles, Micah chapter 5, Micah speaks of a prince of peace, or as we're going to see, the source of peace, who would make available a stubborn shalom, an enduring peace. We're going to read uh, together, but we have someone here, uh, a special guest here today. This is the son of Dr. David and Dr. Leslie, new members here. Um, This is their son, Campbell Bortel, or Bortel. Either way, uh, he's a a seminarian, he's getting his MDiv at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Did I do that well? Okay, nice job. Uh, He's studying to be a pastor. He wants to go plant churches. Isn't it marvelous? So anyway, Campbell's going to read out loud and we can join him as he reads uh, verses 1 to 5. Let's stand together, if you're able, and we're going to read out loud. This is God's book, so that's why we stand in honor of it. So lead us and we'll join with you, okay?
1: Micah 5, 1 through 5. Mobilize, Mobilize, marshal marshal your your troops. troops.
0: The The enemy is laying siege siege to Jerusalem. They will will strike Israel's Israel's leader in the face face with with a a rod. rod.
1: But you, you, O Bethlehem, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are are only only a small village among among all all the people people of of Judah. Judah. Yet a ruler ruler of of Israel whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. The people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in labor gives birth. Then, at the last, his fellow countrymen will return from exile to their own land, and he will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Then his people will live there undisturbed, for For he will be highly honored around the world, and he will be the source of peace. When the Assyrians invade our land and break through our defenses, we will appoint seven rulers to watch over us, eight princes to lead us.
0: Hey, Campbell. Thank you. Well done. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for young men like Campbell who are studying to go and have a heart's desire to plant churches uh, here in a mission field called the United States of America. So thank you for him. Continue to help him to grow and learn and absorb all that he's experiencing. And I pray, Lord, at just the right time, you'll give him just the right place to plant that church. Now, Lord, we're asking that you might plant your word in our hearts here in your church at Walloon. Because the truth is, Lord, uh, this world we live in is anything but peaceful. We live in a world filled with anger and frustration and confusion. And the truth is, Lord, we're daily surrounded by people full of impatience and stress and anxiety. Lord, we need you right now, but we're grateful that we just read about the Prince of Peace that you've already sent into this world. Thank you, Lord, for providing each of your children uh, the source of peace. So, Lord, help us to learn today as we dig into your book how we can access that peace that Jesus brought into this world. Teach us, Lord. We... uh, We need the power of your word and the power of your spirit today to come together and we invite you to come and do a work in each of our hearts. Teach us, encourage us, uh, correct us. Lord, Lord, we need a lot of stuff from you, but we're asking that your book today, through the power of your spirit, would have freedom to move in each of our lives. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one peace-filled voice, you can be seated. The Hebrew word for prophet means to see, okay? Kind of interesting. To see. (laughs) Uh, Micah saw things 700 years before Jesus was born. Okay? Micah saw things that other people in God's chosen land and chosen people they chose to ignore. Okay? If you just take a peek, I'm not even going to read it, it's so gruesome. But Micah 2, 9 and Micah 3, 1 and 2, Micah says there's some really awful, violent, gory, evil stuff going on in Israel. And, and the rulers are ignoring it. Okay? So Mike is just talking real, and he said, in the middle of this gruesome, evil violence, Jehovah has whispered some stuff to me. Jehovah is speaking some things through me, and he's saying, remember, God's chosen people, there's one coming who's going to open the door of peace. So it doesn't feel very peaceful right now, but I just want you to know, even though it's bad and feels way out of control, Micah, tell them the Prince of Peace is coming to earth. Remind them, I'm sending the source of peace is coming to planet earth. So everything is crazy and brutal and bloody, but just know the Prince of Peace is coming. Go back to verse 1, Micah 5, verse 1. He describes a king being publicly humiliated, okay? This is the king of Israel being struck in the face with a rod, okay? Uh, Likely a a wooden uh, baseball small bat, okay? Um, To be slapped on the cheek was to be rebuked to be disrespected, to be disciplined like a child. Normally, you'd slap somebody with the back of your hand, but here, verse 1, look at it, you got the king of Israel being slapped with a small baseball bat. A harsh, strong, uh, it was a message that you are about to be humiliated, okay? Micah is writing Assyria, is the power in control. And literally, Assyria had the northern kingdom by the throat. Make sense? Okay? So Assyrians, and they were wicked people. That was back in Jonah's day, remember? And Jonah didn't want to go and talk with the Assyrians. These are the very same people, okay? So things are getting bad for God's chosen people. Assyria's in power. They're doing all sorts of awful things. Taunting, flexing their military might. And now, God chooses Micah. I want you to go and bring a word of encouragement, a word of hope to my people. Look at verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Okay, You're just a tiny little village, yet a ruler of Israel will come from you one whose origins are from the distant past, okay? The prince of peace, he's telling them, that you're all looking for, he's going to arrive in a sleepy little village 10 miles south of Jerusalem. This ruler's going to arrive in Bethlehem, um, and that literally means the word Bethlehem, house of bread, and from this insignificant little village, God's peace giver is going to arrive. Okay? God's, God's peace giver is coming. Verse 4, And he will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength in the majesty of the name of the Lord is God. Then his people will there be undisturbed for he will be highly honored around the world. Verse 5, And he will be our source of peace. And he will be our prince of peace. So let me ask you a question. Do you want peace? Uh, do you need some shalom? Are you desperate for some holy calmness in your life? Okay, here's what Mike is telling us. Then you need to know this one who's coming. Then you need to take time to get to know the Messiah, because the Messiah is the sole source of, pre- of peace. He's the prince of what we call Shalom. Now, Micah's readers are longing and aching to know the source of peace. I I would suggest that folks here, 2021, after two years of COVID, pandemic, no end in sight, job craziness, craziness in our country, I would suggest we, too, need to get to know the source of peace, the only giver of peace. Matter of fact, he's the prince of peace. How many of you remember a radio guy? At the time, he was the most famous radio guy. His name was Paul Harvey. Do Anybody remember Paul Harvey? Okay, yeah. Nobody under 50 raised their hand, but that's okay. Okay. Anyway, now, Paul would say, now, for the rest of the story. Okay, now we're going to get the rest of the story. Uh, We have this gift called the New Testament. Uh, Turn with me to the New Testament book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 2 is where you want to go. Because the reason Micah, we even talk about Micah here today, is because of what happens here in Matthew chapter 2. And verse one, and and it's because of what's going on here that we go. Oh, where did that come from? Well, it comes from Micah, uh, chapter two, verse one. We have some wise men coming from the east, and they arrive in Jerusalem. Uh, verse two, they go to Herod. Okay, they they go to the king who's really in Jerusalem sitting on the throne and they ask Herod this question, where has the king of the Jews been born? Now that's a wild question because in Herod's mind, who was he? Well, I'm the king of the Jews. So he's listening close. Um, Verse 3, it says that King Herod was deeply disturbed as was everyone in all of Jerusalem. So, uh, Herod was upset with the question, and he upset everybody else. You know anybody like that? They get upset, and now everybody else is disturbed with him. Okay, uh, verse four. Herod calls for his religious advisors. Uh, hey, I got a question for you boys. Um, verse four. Where is the Messiah? Where is the King of the Jews to be born? And, and they say, verse 5, that's an easy one, Herod. Why don't you ask us a hard question? That's really easy. And they quote Micah 5, verses 2 and 4. Okay, So where's the king of the Jews to be born? And his advisors uh, say, but you, O Bethlehem, Paphratah, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel will come from you. One whose origins are from the distant past, and he will be the source of peace. He's going to be the prince of peace. That's why that these verses in Micah we talk about this time of year. Verse 7, keep going with me. Herod asks the wise men secretly, when did this star appear? Tell me about it. Verse 8 Uh, Why don't you guys go and find this king of the Jews, and then you come back and give me a full report so that then I can go and worship this king. That was a lie, was it not? Uh, The truth, if you want to slide down to verse 16, I want you to come and tell me where he is so I can send my troops to slaughter this child. That's the truth. Why? Because Herod's mind, I'm the king of the Jews. And anybody you're looking for that claims to be the king of the Jews, huh? uh that's me. That's my title. I'm the king of the Jews, and I will slaughter any that want to take my place. And he slaughters many little boys, t- ages two years and under. Okay? Very sad. Um, go with me to Luke chapter 2. We're not done yet. Uh, Luke chapter 2, the angels arrive uh, on scene, and uh, they're at the barn. Um, Here's what the angels say uh, as they are before the newborn baby Jesus. Verse 14, Luke chapter 2, "...Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased." peace on earth uh, the Lord is pleased shalom holy calmness to those who know this peacemaker who who has arrived uh, in not great style but arrived in a barn in Bethlehem here's the key are you ready peace with God is only available through a personal relationship with with the source of peace does that make sense so if you want this holy calmness this shalom if you want peace in your life then you need to get to know the source of peace and his name is jesus christ jesus came to earth to bring us holy shalom okay romans 5 1 says this therefore Since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Think on that. Because of what Jesus has done, now peace is available with God. Everything that Jesus did, His living, His teaching, His dying on the cross, His shed blood. His resurrection from the dead was to build the bridge to peace. Here's us. Here's holy, righteous God Almighty. And Jesus built the bridge. I would call it the peace bridge. I think there is a bridge named just that. But Jesus built the bridge to peace, the bridge to eternal life. Let me say it this way. K-N-O-W, Jesus... No peace. does that make sense? KNOW know Jesus, you know peace, KNOW. but nO Jesus, know Jesus, guess what? nO peace. So if you don't if you don't know Jesus, know Jesus, there's no peace available. Jesus is the sole giver, the sole source of biblical Shalom. So the first requirement to enjoy holy calmness, holy peace, you have to accept the terms of peace that Jesus offers. We have to accept his terms. I came, I lived a sinless life, I took your place on the cross, I shed my blood for your sin problem, I took your place in the grave. Early Sunday morning, victoriously I arose from the dead. Those are the peace terms. And we must say, I I believe, I accept those peace terms, and I accept the person of those terms, Jesus Christ, and I open the door of my life and I invite you in. So if you want to know peace, then you must accept the terms of peace that Jesus brought with him. Okay? So as sinners, we're at war with God, holy, righteous Father. Unless I accept the terms of peace, I'm not a part of the solution. Do you understand? I'm a part of the problem. So it's only in Jesus we can become instruments of God's peace in the world. That's how we become peace makers. So, that's good That sounded pretty theological, Pastor Jeff. I need something a little more practical. I'm glad you asked for it. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to get real practical. Paul shows us how specifically, practically, we can become instruments of peace. Philippians chapter 4. Okay. Find verses 6 and 7, would you? How do we access, okay? It's through Jesus, but get specific. Tell me exactly how can I access biblical peace, okay? Verse 6, chapter 4, don't worry about anything. Why don't you say that with me? Don't worry about anything. Okay, now everybody this time. Don't worry about anything, okay? That's huge, Okay? It's a command. Okay, the subject matter here is something going on in my life that makes me nervous, worried, stressed, angry, frustrated, overwhelmed. Okay? He says, Don't worry about anything. I like this. Instead, what does it say? Pray about everything. Okay? So that's the alternative. You can either worry uh, or you can pray about everything. So anytime. Anything comes my way, he tells us. Pray about every. Tell God what you need. Tell him about the situation. He already knows, but it's good for you to tell him. Jesus, I'm worried about my job situation. Jesus, I'm nervous that I might contract COVID. Lord, I'm anxious about what's going on in my children's lives. Lord, I'm stressed about my finances. I'm concerned about our nation the division, the anger, whatever it is, tell the Lord. Pray about everything. It says in how many situations? All of them. Every situation that comes your way. Instead of stewing and fretting and worrying, instead of being nervous and frustrated and angry, pray about everything. Okay? I want you to cry out, tell the Lord what's on your heart, Give the Lord the situation, give the Lord the worry, the anxiety, present the trouble to Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And if you need to, pull a cheer up right next to you and picture Jesus there and have a little talk with the Prince of Peace, okay? Next verse, verse 7 is really amazing, it really is. It says, then you'll experience God's peace. So you give him the trouble, the stress, the anxiety, the worry, the fear, the frustration, call it what you might, then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and our minds as we live in Christ Jesus. Is that not a great exchange? Think about it. So I've got this thing that's weighing me down. I can't sleep. I can't eat. It's, and the Lord says, no, no, just give it to me and I'll exchange it for holy calmness. Uh, shalom uh, that guards my feelings, my emotions, my heart, my mind, gu- guards my thoughts, attitudes, motives, memories, ideas that's a really good exchange, is it not? Okay? So, you do that, Chase, and an hour later, you get a text about something that gets you worked up again. So you had an hour of holy shalom, calmness, and now I'm getting worked up again. What what do I do? Okay? Now I'm stuck, right? Here's what you do. You get the cheer right back out, right? (laughs) Oh, Jesus, guess what? Uh, I, I took it back, I, I gave it to you, and then I pulled it right back, and now I'm worrying and stewing and fretting and frustrated and overwhelmed. Lord, I need to give it to you one more time. And, and how long does that keep going? As often as the stress and the worry keeps coming, you just keep giving. And here's what I've learned. You do that several times pretty soon, Jim, then you can leave it with him for a while. They might come back the next morning. Well, what do you do the next morning? Run back, give it to him again. Here you go, Lord. Here's the stress. I give you this worry. I give you this anxiety. And the Lord says, guess what? I'll I'll exchange you for my holy shalom to guard your heart and your mind. So, followers of Jesus, those of us who know the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, personally, give me your eyes, We're called to be instruments of peace. Did you know that? So so we get that going. We we give the Lord, and he exchanges that for his peace. And now we're called to be examples of peace. Everywhere. In our marriages, uh, models of peace to our children, our grandchildren. We're called to be peacemakers on the job. Think with me. When you go to work, you're called to be a peacemaker to the customer, to your boss, and to your fellow employees. Do do they know you that way? Are you known as a peacemaker, or are you known as a troublemaker? You understand? We're called to be representatives of peace on the Little League field. And all the things that I've seen on Little League fields in northern Michigan... We're called to be representatives of peace at uh, high school football games. We're called to be representatives of peace at township meetings. And I could go on for a long time about the shouting and the screaming and the name calling I've seen at township meetings. We're called to be representatives of peace in the places we eat. The places we buy groceries, okay? Um, Here's what James chapter 3 verses 17 and 18 reminds us. And those who are peacemakers plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Let me say that again. We plant seeds of peace everywhere we go. And if you just keep planting peace, you're going to reap a harvest of of righteousness. Okay? It's pretty cool. So unless I'm at peace with God, unless I'm continually representing Jesus, my worry, my stress, my anger, I'm not a part of the solution, I'm a part of the problem. You understand? So unless I'm taking the time, giving the Lord the stress, all of the anger, all of the frustration, all of the worry, unless I exchange that, I'm not a part of the solution. I'm still a part of the problem. In and through Jesus, we're called to be peacemakers. Did you know that? We're called to be instruments of God's peace. Okay, Following Jesus, it's great. I can have my own personal peace to guard my heart and my mind. That's good. But we're called to go further. We're actually called everywhere we go. People should look at us and say, that's clearly a follower of the Prince of Peace because you can tell by, by their lives. So no matter how loud and crazy and unhinged the world may seem, our Prince of Peace continues to bring his peace to our lives. And then we're missionaries with that. And everywhere we go, we are representatives of the Prince of Peace. So, Micah's day, they were looking for the coming of the Prince of Peace. Now, we're looking back and we're saying the Prince of Peace has come and he offers his shalom to us, Um, but it's still crazy. It's still hard. Um, It's it's really tough. Turn with me to Revelation, okay? I want to show you something. Because Micah's day, they were looking forward to Jesus coming on scene. Today, what are we looking forward to? Revelation 21. Look at verse 1, and we'll read down to verse 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The old heaven, the old earth had disappeared. Sea was also gone, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of the heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Verse 3. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and he will be their people. And he'll be their God. Verse 4, this is the really good part. He'll wipe away every tear from their eye. There'll be no more death, no more sorrow, no more cry, no more pain. All of these things are gone forever. How many of you vote for that to start like right now? Can I see your hand? Yeah. Mike, Micah was looking to the Prince of Peace. Now we're saying, this sounds really good. Prince of Peace, you can start that. You're alive and you're working in our lives. But I just want you to know, Lord, when, when, when you're ready, we're really ready. We're looking forward to this. We've got that hope. Here's what I close with. Have you said yes to the Prince of Peace if you're watching online? If you're already a follower of the Prince of Peace, are you living life as a peacemaker? Are you a representative of the Prince of Peace everywhere you go? Here's the great news. The source of peace, the Prince of Peace, has arrived. He's available and he's got all the peace you and I will ever need. He's never going to run out. An unending supply of his holy shalom is available to guard our hearts and our minds. Are you using it? Are you a representative everywhere you go? Let's pray as we close. Lord, I'm not sure why we forget this, but we seem to so easily. We forget that uh, you are the Prince of Peace, And you are the sole source of peace. And you want to bring holy peace and calmness and shalom to our lives and our hearts. And sadly, Lord, too often I think we're not a part of the solution. We're a part of the problem. We're angry and stressed and worked up and frustrated. Would you help us, Lord, to live as though your book is true? Lord, would you help us to start taking advantage of the great exchange? You've offered. Well, all we've got to do is give you all of those situations and struggles, and you'll give the great exchange and bring us your peace. Help us, Lord, to be representatives of your peace on the job with our children and our grandchildren and in our marriages, everywhere we go. Lord, help us to live like children of the Prince of Peace. Final question, have you accepted the terms of peace that Jesus offers? Jesus left the glory and the splendor of heaven, took on a human body, that's what we're celebrating this time of year, lived a sinless life, therefore uniquely qualifies to be the sinless Lamb of God for you and for me. Jesus took our place on the cross, shed his blood for my greatest problem, which is yours too. We're sinners. Took our place in the grave rose victoriously from the dead. He did that for you. He did that for me. First terms of peace, will you accept those facts for you? Jesus, I believe you did all of that for me. And now by faith, I open the door of my life and I receive you as my king, my savior, my boss, my forever friend the giver of peace. That's what I need in my life. And you're the only source of peace. I accept you into my life. If you're watching online, you can hit the prayer button. We'd celebrate with you. We'd help you get going in that new relationship. If you're here today, make your way to the prayer corner. We'd uh, be delighted to help you get going. Lord, we love you. Thanks for being the Prince of of peace, the source of peace. Thanks for being our friend. We love you. Help us to live that out. Help us all to be instruments of your peace in this week ahead. It's in Jesus' name we pray all of these things.